Hey everybody, this is Andrew Wicklander, the founder of Ideal Project Group, and welcome to our second Project Idealism podcast, which is also the name of my blog. Um, uh, in this show, what I do is interview people that are doing something cool, different, interesting, unique, and talk to them about um, what they're doing, hear how they got started, and sort of the steps they go through when they're, you know, when they're going about creating the thing that is that they're creating or solving the problem that they're solving. Uh, so in this episode, I interview Harry Sidebotham, who is an artist living in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and I just talked to Harry about sort of the, the steps that he goes through from having an, an idea initially to having a finished product and figuring out um, how he knows he's done. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. And after, uh, after the interview with Harry, I'll just do a quick wrap up and talk about some of the things that I, um, that I took away from from a few of the things that he said specifically. So thanks again for uh, for joining us on the Project Idealism podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Wicklander. I am uh, happy to be sitting here today with Harry Sidebotham, who is an artist in Chicago, and he's been kind enough to join me for uh, the Project Idealism podcast. Um, other project arenas can can uh, learn from. So, Harry, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, I'm sitting right now uh, in the middle of uh, a room with numerous art uh, works of art on the wall. A lot of them are um, sort of very three dimensional looking. Um, we'll be we'll be sure to go ahead and post links to Harry's website uh, in the show notes. And you know, Harry, why don't you just take a minute and describe your work to the audience, and then once we mm-hmm. once we go through that, we'll kind of just hear about how you go from an idea to a finished product. All right. Um, well, a lot of my work is based off of geometry, and a lot of it also uses various math and measurement skills to uh, create the desired effects. Mostly, I try to work with um, like optical effects and illusions that can disrupt your eye or that align the cones and the rods in your eye, and then can also like create variance or vibration just by looking at them. Um, and with a lot of the current work that I'm doing, I'll generally remove somewhere between you know a 16th to a 32nd sometimes 128th of an inch of tape just to create that little variance in the line that can create your eye to move um some of the older stuff that i did was actually like this the blue one across the room here is um based off color and different shades and how those shades can interact with each other and their placement yeah, and so we'll we'll try to get a uh, a picture of this one piece that we're talking about uh, in particular. But uh, what it is is looking at it. It is it's a, uh, there's twelve hundred and ninety six in that one. Twelve hundred and ninety six squares, and and how many different shades? There's one hundred different shades of blue, which is actually just the original straight out of tube cobalt blue that they sell in the store, and then. Every shade is just one more drop of white added to it until okay. you get a hundred different ones. And so, when you're looking at this uh, at this painting, there's um, as the uh, as the color becomes um, more similar towards the center of the painting, it almost looks like it's simultaneously um, imploding and exploding. Correct. Right? Yeah. It's like a wave going over it almost. It's almost like 
I think it's been related to looking into a pool, you know. Like okay, right. The bottom of the tiles. So obviously, it's 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 a little difficult for us to describe your work, right? Um, yeah. You know, over a podcast, but but like I mentioned, we'll make sure that we put put a link to your website where people can check your work out. It's really really fascinating just a quick quick background on how i met harry i went to a an art festival in the neighborhood i live in both of us live in logan square in chicago and i just kept looking at this one painting of his and um you know so i i ended up asking if, if i could interview him for for the show and he was kind enough to to say yes so um so yeah, go ahead sorry. Uh, the the one that you were just talking about that caught your eye so much that one's that one's based off a hexagonal grid and it also has you know a bunch of little cuts in it that change the thickness of that line so it pops a little more um, right and then also again with color there's just there's three different shades of the same color white in it just yeah and, and so one of the things that that was um that was interesting to me when i first met you i i think i i asked something something like so you when you are creating this you're probably just it's kind of like a burst of creativity there's not a is there like a process going on or anything and you seem to indicate that there was actually yeah it's like a pretty process right it's so let's stone pretty much okay so let's talk a little bit about how um you know how an i when an idea is born right right um what are some of the things that that cause you you know that that, that makes that initial thing pop um, and then, once you have that idea, sort of the, the things you go through to to make it make it uh, reality, make it happen. Most of my uh, initial ideas will be just like I'll get them when I'm on the train or anywhere, you know, just inspiration from various things. Okay. Um, and then a lot of that would just translate into a loose sketch, and then that loose sketch becomes a refined drawing. That refined drawing becomes a plan, and then that plan turns into a painting. Okay. Um, so like uh, let's see for example and is that is that almost always the case or you do you, that you that is always the case these days actually since since like that one all the way up since the early like where i would define my artistic career starting where i stopped experimenting and started actually making a plan on what to do okay um would be this this like color series right um so walk us through each of those, each of those steps, because it sounds like they're they're right, all yeah. equally important, right? So. Um, well, inspiration is just you know that can be drawn from anything. I look at a lot of architecture. Like I said, when I'm on the train, is a really good time to see, um, and a lot of graffiti too, because I enjoy the styles and the lines of that. And like, um, I've noticed how they take measurements on brick walls by where the ground lines are. You know, like that's pretty interesting to me, and like how I can translate that into my own work, but. Um, forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> no, that's right. So yeah. you you had mentioned that. Um, so you have an idea, and then you start sketching it out. Right? right. Yeah. And then I'll get a a loose idea, and then from that I can, I can make some of my measurements, like um, you know, something has to be an inch or inch or bigger, bigger, how thick this line should be, and then translate that into the next drawing, where everything will be, you know, inked with solid pen and okay. filled in dark where it needs to be. And then from there, I can just translate those measurements because I've always make these measurements so they can scale up. Okay. You know, so everything's just that much easier. Right, right. So, and we'll we'll try the best we can to to, to describe this for the listeners. But when when Harry's talking about the lines and the width of them, so a lot of your work is you paint you paint a background, um, you put tape over 
over it and then you paint over that and then you peel the tape off right and correct so you, yeah okay um but a lot of the longest step in the process is um well one laying the tape because all those measurements have to be correct or else it doesn't work but after that um modifying the tape so like removing just you know slivers of the tape because this tape is only like a quarter of an inch thick so i'm taking off you know a 16 of an inch on each side so it goes down to a nice eighth and then okay changes everything okay okay um and then the conflicting colors that's what really sets the whole thing off is so do you always have a sense of what you're what is going to be the finished product before you're starting? Or you, do you uh, ever have situations where it, it changes mid? Mostly I have no idea what the finished product is going to be. Okay. Um, for the most part, these paintings are pretty much creating themselves. Where, you know, I know I know what's going to happen, but to actually be perfectly defined in what's going to happen is completely un, unheard of. Right. <laughs> you know, like, okay. simple things can change. Like right, and you're not filling tape. out a form ahead of time to document. Right, <laughs> yeah, um, and you know a, a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> it's me making fun of my profession a little bit. Right, right on. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to fill out any documents <laughs> <laughs> unless it's for a proposal. Then you got right. to fill out right. a whole lot of them. Um, okay, so you so you've got your you've got your sketch, right? right you yeah. you sketch that out and then and and translate it to a bigger size and okay. You know, layout tape or tape. Well, I'll actually make sure that the canvas or the um, masonite board or the clay board that I'm using is, is smooth because that's pretty key in making sure the tape is flat on there. Um, and uh, from there, uh, paint the whole thing, whatever color those thin lines are going to be. Lay down the thin lines of tape. Okay. So now, wherever that tape is, is what that first color is going to be. Right, and then do the modifications to the tape that need to be done, all the cutting, paint over the whole thing, and then peel up the tape. So in in the in the the paintings that I'm looking at right now, the the three dimensionality is born from both the the difference in the size of the lines as well as the color, right? Yeah, as well as the directions okay. of the lines too. Okay. So how do you know when you're done? That is they, something I think a lot of people that that, right. that build software struggle with. I would imagine that anybody who's ever just like picked up a paintbrush and tried to mess around. So well, I'm really well, like these paintings, they're done pretty much when the plan is finished. Like okay. when I peel up the tape, there might be a few things that have to be fixed. Like there might have been a little bleed under the tape that needs to be filled in with black, some separately. Um, so that they're done like okay. <laughs> immediately well so so i'm every everyone that i'm looking at you could decide i'm going to make one of these squares yellow or I'm right gonna, yeah you know, i'm going to make it so so you're obviously there's some process going on i mean there's something going on other than just the process yeah. where you say okay it's done i'm i'm good enough with, uh, you know i'm good with what it looks like right now yeah there's so. a lot of aesthetic decisions that are made during the process particularly with these these white ones, the paint color, because there's, like that one to the left, it actually has six different shades of white in it, and you can only really tell, like you can barely tell. Right. But um, you can really tell when the tape's still on there. Okay. <laughs> you know, and looking at them now, you can see like the center's a little more sure. whiter than the one to the left is gray, you know, um, which is something I'm pretty happy with. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I mean they all look really. I mean they all look amazing, and they all they all look like they're moving a little right. bit. Right, they just keep pushing and pushing. Right. So just, so so uh, you know whenever every time you look at it, you're seeing something that you that you didn't see before. So right. Yeah. Okay. So now we've gone through. You've you, you get inspired by something. You you sketch it out. You take that. You you put it onto something sort of equivalent but something larger yeah. right you lay down your your background you put the tape on you paint um you sort of you realize when you're done um another thing i think that people in software struggle with is what price they should charge for the thing that they create yeah and i know in the world of art you can right. see something that's you know a hundred bucks or ten thousand or a right. hundred thousand so what what kind of things go through your mind when you're pricing your work um, well, a lot of things that I base it on are, first off, the piece in general, I'll set, like, a minimum on it, you know, like, I know this, this one took me a month to make, right, and I spent, you know, six hours a day at, like, three days a week, whatever, right. okay. plus, uh, materials, and then if that's a high enough number for you, like, that's what I think it's worth, then I'll put it at that, but if I think that this particular idea executed far better than I would ever expected like turned out much better and does things that no other painting I've made does then I might price it a lot higher sure you know like if I feel like this is an exceptional piece in my collection this this should be so is where it, I want is it, it fair to say that the that your time that you put into it is is sort of it's setting your baseline, but it's not you're not it's not the thing determining your price. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, the product has its value. In it yeah, itself. it has its own variance. Everything's sure. a little different. Like the green one back there, that one, I cut out each one of those shapes from a giant piece of tape individually, and you know took the time to bury an object in the into that painting. So <laughs> that one took quite a bit of my time. Right, and we'll again we'll uh, we'll get pic- we'll get pictures of all of these up um, in the show notes or links to them. But this one that that Harry's talking about in particular, it's a many shades of of, of green and some blue, and it, it's it, it looks like the whole painting is almost um, like a wave <laughs> yeah. rippling sort of effect going through a lake. Right. Yeah, that one's also based off of a uh, hexagonal grid that's been taken. Uh, one inch semicircles, drawing it on, creating eighth inch spaces, and yeah. So, so as we've been talking <laughs> here, uh, Harry keeps um, sort of playing with a notebook that he has that has uh, a whole bunch of numbers in a bunch of different patterns in it. So, just t- tell us a little bit about this numbering system that you've that, that, that you've mentioned a couple times. So, every drop of white is another number. So, one drop of white is two. You know, two drops of white is three. Um, so, these numbers are arranged in such a way that they uh, they can be next to each other, but not diagonal from each other. So they're not creating this rainbow, okay. you know, this diagonal rainbow. They're kind of sparingly between them. It goes up two over one. That's just how I was measuring it. Um, and, you know, that's how they're placed until it fills up the whole space and becomes as many as it needs to be. Right. And is that is that the is it the same numbering system used for for all of your is it the same general concept for No, all that of was it? just um these okay. ones that change color here. Um like that one there and then there's four or five others that I did. But okay. they all take an excruciating amount of time and effort to make those. So what are 
when you're like in the midst of of creating one of your your works what are some of the struggles that you that you run into when you're maybe you know you're out of the the phase where you've you've completed your sketch maybe you've laid your tape down and you know but you're still a long way from from done right yeah like i said the hardest part of the whole thing is cutting the tape the the stage that that one's in behind you is it's it's the hardest stage because it's just a matter of cutting every one of those lines down just a little bit like (laughs) they're they're you know i'm cutting from right anybody that's painted their own house yeah and then they realize how much of a pain in the ass it is to just tape around your door or something right yeah make sure you don't drift if you were looking at this you would realize it is is that but like a million times more difficult (laughs) right yeah and more precise um but you know that's the longest part and it's a you know it's kind of it's tedious but it's enjoyable i guess like i can listen to music and you know go with the beat on that (laughs) like (laughs) lining it up perfectly have you ever gotten stuck in this phase and not finished a piece i yeah i've definitely gotten stuck a couple times on these um there's i don't know there's probably three that i've made that i want to consider to be good (laughs) you know and right we just like you know but i i learned something from them i took it from there like i wouldn't be making that big one if i didn't make that small one first definitely not like i don't have money to (laughs) make another one of those okay you know um so yeah, it definitely. There's definitely times when I know a painting has failed. Goes out and weed them out of the collection real quick. Okay, right, right. Um, we we talked about a an idea being born. Um, you know, again, the sketching, right. turning, making it real. We talked about the the pricing a little bit. Uh, I think the last thing that I wanted to to discuss with you is, you know, when you're um, when you're showing your art to people, you're showing your work to people. You mentioned to me at one time that some people, some people look at it and they don't. They just, there's something about it they don't get, or they don't. They're not as engaged as you might, as you might, yeah. you might think. You know, whereas I, I looked at that that one painting and sort of just like you know started chatting with you, couldn't couldn't take my eyes off of it. So I think that people. The reason I the, the reason I'm asking this question, what I'm getting at, is that in the world of um, like technology or business, I think people worry a lot about what is somebody else going to think about the thing that I created or what if it doesn't work right. exactly. So we're just, what are the things that go through your mind when you're, you know, when you're done with a piece of work and you're showing it off? Well, um, I found that I just don't worry about other people's opinions. Cause I know there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of opinions out there, you know, and like, um, some things people just don't get. Like, um, I know I'm on a different wavelength. Like, even when I was in art school, it was a different wavelength. I couldn't get along with half the teachers because they didn't know what I was doing. Like, they just didn't get it. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it just goes from person to person. Right. So I don't, I don't take people's opinions too seriously. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> like, I, I know what I've done. And I, I can explain it to the tooth, like, to anybody who needs to, but... So it's fair to say that you have a very, um, I guess, specific and rigid process that you follow. Where yeah. was that born from? Where did you? Uh, where did I you... couldn't even tell you where that where that came from. Like just the way that I was taught to paint um, was mostly like portrait painting, and I used to be pretty good at that. And then I just started thinking more of 
the essence of painting as opposed to how to be taught how to paint, you know, like, I didn't want it to be a skill, I wanted it to be, like, a talent, you know, because people can do photorealistic things left and right, like, why would I compete to be a camera, you know, as opposed to, like, what else can I make this do to, you know, to people, basically, like, how can I create an image that will, uh, that will cause some reaction in people's people's eyes or their body or just them all together, you know, don't get me wrong, there's beautiful paintings out there that are photorealistic, but I'm not trying to do that, I'm trying to create a physical reaction. Alright, well I think, I think that's a good place to, to leave the interview. Fantastic. Um, so thanks again for, for joining us, this is uh, really, really an honor to have had you on the show, I really appreciate I'm, it. I really appreciate it being on it. <laughs> So this is uh, uh, Andrew Wicklander with Ideal Project Group and uh, Harry Sidebotham, an awesome artist uh, in Logan Square, uh, Chicago. Thank uh, you. So we'll, again, we'll be sure to post links up to your uh, to your site. All right, sounds good. All right, so I was just going to wrap up the show real quick with some closing thoughts that I had about my interview with Harry, and uh, so I just wanted to. to Try and, and uh, take a few of the things that he said and apply them, or see if I can apply them to what I go through um, when it comes to managing projects and what I would imagine that other people go to. Or, um, but especially, specifically, um, you know, other entrepreneurs and the kind of things that they're that they're trying to trying to get through and, and make their way um, through the business world. So, you know, I think obviously at the end, Harry talked about how he was basically saying that he didn't didn't care for um, or didn't pay attention to people's opinions at all um but that he just ma- you know he just he knew what what he was good at and worked on what he believed in and and those are the things that he made and and the result is some really amazing um some amazing work so i think one thing that we can all learn is just it's not really worthwhile to spend very much energy wondering or worrying about you know what someone might think and then when he talked about just he mentioned towards the towards the end that you know he wasn't trying to compete with with a camera and you know i think it's really just something that that we can all take take to heart so you know i think we just got to focus on creating new and interesting things um and just focusing on, 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 you know, having enough process where it helps us get the work done and in, in a way that we can be happy about it. You know, but there was, there was no needless processes that Harry went through, but there were processes, right? But everyone had, like, a very clear and specific purpose, you know, and that was to help him create... A, a wonderful work of art. So for us, you know, whatever it is that we're working on, you know, are the processes that we have in place helping us create awesome and wonderful things? And if they are, then that's a good process. But if your process is not helping you make the thing that it is that you're working on, 
then you know those processes probably shouldn't shouldn't be around. So I think those are some of the key lessons that I'm going to take away from from my interview with Harry, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hope I will be talking to you all uh, next time. Thanks a lot. Someone else